When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Get in the know, nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. His message is about all that's been on one page and going to attack this thing at one. You know, trust in the process. Um, you know, around here is all about we. It's all about us. It's all about how we trust the, the trust the process and get things done. And I think he's been doing a great job of sending that message to the team. You know. Every day you come in with a message, and it's something that you want to hear. It's something that you want to open your eyes to and look up and be like, yeah, that's a great message, and it stick to my head each and every day. So I'm just happy we got KO, and you know, it should be something special going on, Ryan. You can just fit it in the building. It's a, it's a, it's a good energy, Ryan. Dalvin Cook, man. By the way, Dalvin Cook, I mean, he's always in good shape, but, like, that dude looks lean and mean. Mm-hmm. ready to rock and roll, and that was him speaking on behalf of sort of the, the locker room vibe that Kevin O'Connell is creating there. But Dalvin, looking looking solid, man. Looking like you're ready to run for you know, 1,500 yards and catch 55 passes or something. JJ looked good, too. Yeah, bigger, dude. stronger. Ready to he, rock. He wasn't a fan of the snow. I don't know if you saw that video roaming around. He uh, was in town, obviously, yesterday for the press conference. He's like, this is, I think he said, uh, even someone in the back was yeah, this is BS, and... Except for it wasn't bleeped out and it wasn't BS and uh, it was snowing. So welcome back, JJ. Yeah, well, the April snow was always a huge. Remember, like yeah. four years ago, it was April eighteenth, and we literally got like yeah, like two feet of snow or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Twins White mm-hmm. Sox series got washed out because of the yeah. snow. My wife and I were on the way. We had uh, we had a one night free stay at Treasure Island Casino, and we had oh, yeah. we we like to find you know some sort of concert or you know some sort of corny thing we we love going to see chris daughtry the, the guy from american idol like 15 years ago really big time daughtry fans here we've seen daughtry like four times just love it and everyone there has like bedazzled jeans and stuff you know <laughs> oh my god and so we wake up in the morning and it was like already a foot of snow like god no, no we, daughtry we, no we we no. grinded our way two-wheel drive it was a two-wheel drive corolla oh i think at the time and on our way down, ordinarily it's like a 40-minute drive. Probably took like two hours white knuckling. And we saw like three jackknife semis, one that we had to like go around on thinking? the shoulder. And we, we we got there. We parked it. We had to dig the car out the next morning. And there was probably only like, you know, half the people didn't show up because it was a blizzard. But just gotta know, you can't let the weather affect your life. You got to live your Daughtry life despite went. the weather. I'm surprised Daughtry showed up at his own yeah, show. Well, he's getting, he's getting paid, you know. Some sort of handsome fee, I'm sure. Daughtry. 
Yeah. Let me let me know if you guys ever want to hit up, you know, no. Chris Daughtry concert. Yeah. No. That was Star Wars. the missus can enjoy no, that. Let me know if Maya Mackey needs to be let out. Yeah, like, I'm no, out, okay. I'm good on that Sounds one. Yeah. I'm out on Daughtry and Star Wars nights, okay? I'm good. Okay. All right, so this is Purple Daily, shockingly. Um, we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die, and uh, it's presented by our friends at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. So uh, every week we go through, and we do this multiple times a week, we love to just center some of these shows around you guys and your questions, comments, concerns, critiques. So it's the Purple Daily Reads the Comments edition of the show. You can always hit us up via the Score North app. You can send us comments on social media, Score North, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, etc. Tommy Johnson via the Score North app says, So I'm watching Good Morning Football, and their guest is Brian Baldinger. And my God, his finger is gruesome, but I absolutely love his energy and his takes. Any chance of a baldy appearance on Purple Daily? How good of connections do Judd and Declan really have? <laughs> I want to hear Baldy breaking down tape like Alex Boone, maybe even with Boone, and we'll, we Boone will be back on the show. Uh, he actually he's been spending the last. He finally put it out on Instagram. He's been he's working on uh, building a camp for offensive linemen. So he's just been immersed in that project for a couple weeks, but or for like two months. But we've we've got NFL Network contacts that we've we've yeah. had people on the show before. We can reach yeah. out to Jeff Baldy. Darlington or uh, not Jeff Darlington. Um, Daniel Jeremiah, my main my, my my main source. Yeah, I can I can we can make that happen. I have I have the source to get, to get gnarly that fingers. Yeah. The fingers yeah. back and over it. So gross. Oh yeah, I have long fingers. I I have Brian. I have very. Yeah, you got good. Yeah, you got <laughs> nice quarterback hands there. Yeah. I, I, well, actually, yeah, I, I've no. It's small. Actually, like if combine measurements, my palms are tiny. Like I don't have large palms. It's my fingers that make up for the like digits. like. Like my fingers go past my palms. Like oh it's my it's God. the opposite. It's the opposite. That's, you freak. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. Brian Baldinger doesn't just like football. He loves football. You watch JPP right here and watch his ability just to slip like that. That's a little cross shot. Now square the hips up. Bam. Watch this throw here to Cameron Brayton. Little quick jam. Little bam. Little punch, knock them off bounds. You got to change it up. You get the predator off bounds, and then you dance. Football, football, yeah, yeah. football, yeah. football. Yeah. Sounds like he's talking in a bank vault. Yeah, he just does those from his basement. I don't know, man. It's hilarious. Awesome. All right, TJ via the YouTube comment section. How come these guys, us, cannot blame the defense for playing poorly? It's ludicrous to blame Cousins for poor defense at the end of the half and game. It is poor game planning on defense, and it has little to do with the offense or Cousins. I think we need some sort of sounder on this show when we stumble upon someone with selective listening. That's the selective listening alarm going off. That's what I'm sensing here from TJ, okay? No one is blaming Cousins for poor defense. When we talk on this show, we explain reasons for things. I think some of the reason why, I'll just speak for myself personally, but I feel like everyone is looking at last season and the season before and saying that the only problem on this team is the defense. And if you can fix the defense and get the defensive old coach out, then everything's going to be perfect. 
And so maybe I personally am skewing a little bit more toward, hey, there's actually this other thing over here called <laughs> offense. And with all the weapons and with with as good as you know people think Kirk is and accurate and stuff and Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, why are they 14th in points? Why are they not third? Why are they not fifth? Why are they number one in the NFL in three and outs? To me, everything starts with maximizing the offense. And then from there, I think you'll see that the de- the defense will get better by the offense not leading the league in three and outs. Are there still defensive deficiencies beyond like the offense coming up short? Yes. But it drives me nuts when people, you're blaming Cousins for the defense. No, I'm telling you that three and outs are bad for the defense. And when the Vikings are leading the NFL in three and outs, it doesn't give the defense much of a chance to catch a breath, for God's sake. So, end rant. When do you start to watch watch a game? Like, if you're going to sit down and watch a Vikings game, at what juncture do you ordinarily start? Like like at the beginning? Right. Correct. And then there's a whole game. It's four quarters. And then what happens is things <laughs> things take place that build up to the end, but the end is not the entire game. So the point is, the conversations that we are having revolve around an entire game. So if you come to us and are like, hey, PD guys were like, yeah, what's up? I only watched the end of games. Then you know what? You're right. The defense stunk. But if you're like, I watched the entire game, then you know what we're talking about. Then you know that the Vikings scored six points in the first half against right. the Lions. But, but, and that's but why the, the game was close at the end. Or the Cardinals game. Yeah. The Cardinals game, they scored so, on what? The first play from scrimmage, right? They scored three points in the second half offensively against right. the Cardinals. But like this is... The, the desire to just blame, like, Zimmer or the defense and to ignore the totality of the game amazes me. Yeah. Like, we all sit down. When, when I pick up my Star Tribune or Pioneer Press and I look at kickoff time, at least in the central time zone, it ordinarily says noon. So at noon, I'll start watching the game. And darn it, it then goes for a few hours. And it all leads up to the end, yes. I, but, I just think there's, like, a chunk of the fan base it's that— It's very weird. I love I love Vikings fans. I love this community of you know Purple Daily listeners too. But I think there's a chunk of people that think only the defense can be criticized because the defense is worse than the offense. Well, and the other problem though too is, and again, this comes back to some unnamed sources of state-run media. We have decided who you should blame. Like literally, that's what they're doing now. It's like Mike Zimmer was the problem. We eliminated him, so we solved it. And if you think for yourself, you're like, okay, he was part of the problem, but really, was he the only problem? And the answer is obviously no, he was not. Um, But we are told by enough people who we probably trust, who are sources of information, that the problem has been eliminated. and, And the reality is that's not true. He was part of the problem. But to say that he was the entire problem, like, again, this whole thing, I, I like the fact that players seem excited, okay? So I'm not trying to rain yeah, on that there's an, energy. there's an energy. There's an energy, and that's awesome. And I think Kevin O'Connell might be damn good. Yep. I don't know. But all of that being said, I find it somewhat disingenuous that last year, and for really the last two years, nobody said boo about Zimmer. Nobody said a thing. And now it's like this collective, oh, the boogeyman is gone. I find that to be very – I told uh, Phil Chip this, too, uh, on our Purple Access show. There's veterans who could have spoken up. Like, I understand Justin Jefferson is young. Like, young guys aren't going to. I don't expect mm-hmm. them to. But the Eric Kendricks of the world could have said, 
this is garbage. Like this like is to not Zimmer accepted. behind the scenes or, or publicly or publicly or... or however they wanted to get that out. Mm-hmm. But like I find it now to be to be somewhat disturbing that we have now decided that we have found the problem. That's assuming we're all stupid. Yeah, I it's there's a lot I there's just like just, there's a lot of oversimplification of what's gone wrong the last couple of years. And so if you if you're if you're only focused on Zimmer and only focused on the defense, I think you're missing a huge like the, to me the the most room for upside is the offense. Yeah. If you have a league average offensive line which they have a chance to be for the first time in a long time this season. And you've got weapons that are healthy and Dalvin and Irv Smith comes back and Kevin O'Connell like this offense needs to go from 14th to 4th in points. And I think that's a possibility if everything starts to click. Which is a possibility, perhaps, if you draft a wide receiver in the first round, maybe? <laughs> Could be. Actually, Could be. that's a good segue in a second here. And I will say, if you go from – one more note on this, because sometimes I think, like, in baseball, you can kind of compartmentalize pitching and hitting, because it's like two separate things, right? In football, people treat it the same way. Well, there's defense, but then there's offense, but they, they play off each other so much. If you have the fourth-ranked offense or the third-ranked offense, you're scoring almost a touchdown more per game than the Vikings did last year. Isn't it much easier to play defense when you're the Vikings almost never, almost never under Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer build 20 point leads like very rarely do they have big leads in football games. The Kansas City Chiefs defense has had many flaws over the past few years. You know what makes it easier to play defense when you're up 21 to three in the second quarter, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when your offense throttles down in the third quarter. And you now know that the opposing team has to pass. It makes it way easier to play defense when you have a great offense. So, anyhow. All right, Jeff M. via the YouTube comment section. Judd, if you're going to crush management if they get the number 12 pick wrong, then tell me your pick so we can crush you (laughs) if the pick doesn't pan out. Who would you pick at 12? No disrespect meant here. I'm just curious. I love the show. Well, thank you very much. All right, Judd. Who should they pick? Well, first of all, go on the record. I will, but but first of all, let me make it very clear: they were hired and are paid well to get this right. Like you give me a, a million or two, then I'll consider myself to be on that proverbial hot seat. Um, I. But think when are you going to admit that you were wrong? Well, that's each Wednesday. I actually <laughs> do that first on Mackie and Judd. That's the old Coke version, and then on Purple Daily, that's the new Coke. Um, so here's what I think, and here's, here's what I'm going to. I'm going to go, as I said before, offense. Um, this cornerback thing is out of control, and, and we are making – so, like, there are so many – this is my problem, and, like, this is partially our fault in this town because we don't, we don't do a good enough job, I don't think, of explaining things and, like, getting into the, the – Minutia, which I think to people is important, but we don't prepare them. Like we send our Vikings children out into the world without proper preparation. And on the draft, let me say this. Part of our problem is, and, and we just sort of accept this, the cornerback thing, okay? Which, by the way, I was on board with completely for a long time. And in the Zimmer years, I actually thought was vitally important because the cornerbacks in Mike's defense when Mike's defense is going well, too, so this is not at the end. This is true of the whole thing, the totality. Had to hold up. Were incredibly important. They were asked to do a ton. It's why when Rhodes was playing 
so well. He was so damn good. And it's why when Mike got here in 2014 in training camp, he probably spent more time with Rhodes than anybody else Mm -hmm. because he knew if I get that guy right, we're in great shape. So here's the difference. You're switching to a 3-4 base. And I know that in nickel they're going to play 4-3 at times. But the fact is, and they've already discussed this, and again, people just sort of like dismiss it. They are going to put a premium on what the edge rushers, and Dex has broached this, what the edge rushers can do as far as pressure. They have admitted we are going to tamp down, dial down the pressure on our corners. So our corners are still damn important, but they're not nearly as important as what you saw previously, okay? So, like, this whole notion that they got to get a cornerback. they got to – yes, they do in Mike Zimmer's defense. Last time I checked, he's at his old Kentucky home, okay? He's they, on the farm. They also, though, like, regardless of scheme – in terms of having cornerbacks under contract beyond 2022, they they need cornerbacks for that reason too. Like they do, they do, but they can. But my point is, they also are coached by a guy who puts a premium on offense. They also, I believe, because I don't think they're stupid, are going to be preparing for the likely departure of Thielen after 2022. Um, that means that I think the draft pick, and, and I'm going to allow them to choose the player. Okay. But I think the draft pick from a positional point is more and more the more I think about this and the more I think this draft is going to fall is going to be a receiver. Because as you said, Phil, in the last mock, what's happening? Receivers are falling like good ones. I think Stingley's pro day is going to mean because he ran a great 40 is going to mean he's gone by 12. All right. So Sauce is gone. Who, By the way, I would take Stingley's gone. Now we're talking about. McDuffie. McDuffie, yeah. I think they're taking he a, might be a good player. If they can get the first receiver off the board at 12, I'm in. Whoever and, that is on their board. I don't know who it is on their board. But it, and you just said yourself, and I think you're right. I think internally their question is how can we go up to a top five offense scoring? Yep. Let's do it. All right. This is great. I love it. I love that we're moving moving this over to offense now. Like, screw these cornerbacks. You don't need but cornerbacks. Don't, don't you agree that we need to change our thought process too, though? Yeah. Like, I think we're still thinking about this as a defensive first franchise, and how long have we been trying to sort no. of escape that? This should be a track meet franchise. This should be a score 30 points a game franchise. You've got the stadium to do it. You've got the weapons to do it. This should be a 30 points per game franchise. All right, Jamie Pantanella via the Scornoth app says, I'm a Viking fan from Connecticut. I listen to your podcast every day and bought some chill boys. They're awesome. The only problem is I hear your damn voices when I put my underwear on. Yeah, Jamie, thank you for supporting. You're welcome. Oh, Jamie, that's... That's really disturbing. You're welcome. It is kind of disturbing, but we, we appreciate the support. Uh, Neil Husvar via the Scorner Thap says, question oh. on the Before I Die Pale Ale. Yeah. What an amazing idea, but I'm in Southern California and can't make it up for the draft party on the first night of the draft. My question is, will there be cans at all? If so, can I pay one of you guys to mail me a can of the Before I Die Pale Ale? Or if they have any sort of marketing posters, et cetera, I'll pay all expenses and buy you all around if you would send me something. John, I'll let you answer this question on behalf of Surly. I'm going to have to check. I believe the shipping beer, I don't know that it's legal. Um, I, I know that there's restrictions about shipping alcohol across state lines, so I don't want to guarantee something and then be told I can't. So I will check with, with our friend Dave uh, because he knows the restrictions, but I've talked to, to him about people who have, uh, are in different states without Surly about trying to get it to them. And it's not just as simple as 
to sticking it in a box and shipping it. So I'll ask our friend Dave and find out what the restrictions are. Awesome. Now, if you are in the vicinity, one night only, night one of the NFL draft, April 28th, we're going to be doing a four or five hour live show, vent line, everything. We'll have a microphone for the, for the audience. And Shirley will be debuting a Before I Die Minnesota football ale. Maybe there's a life for it beyond that night, but but for, for the purposes of this, it's for one night only. Also, attendees, you guys have a chance to win a 65-inch 5-series TCL Google Smart TV. And we're also asking people to bring canned food items to support the food group, which helps provide nutritious, quality foods to those who need it across Minnesota. It's going to be a blast. We're looking forward to meeting so many of you, people coming in from out of town. But we're just going to we're going to be drinking Surly. And we're going to be doing a live show watching the NFL draft and see what the what the purple do. Doors open at uh, 3 o'clock. We, we start at 6 and go until the, the draft is done. And one thing I'd like to clear up um, about the Before I Die Ale is this. It is being brewed for this e- event. I'm not going to name names, but there are some companies that uh, have sports teams as sponsors. And they will uh, take a can of a beer that they have made. And let's just say it's lying around. And they'll slap a new, a new can thing on that. And they'll be like, this is our new blank pills beer. Uh, enjoy it. It's, it's new. It's not new. It's an old beer. This is a Sur- new beer. Surly is brewing like the brew people who are fantastic have come up with a beer for this event. It's awesome. So that's the difference between what Surly is doing and let's just say the competition. Love it. Uh, Craig Striesman via the Scornoth app says, first of all, I want to apologize for being very critical of you guys in past messages. I, that's noble of you. I've been a diehard Viking fan since 1970. I always look at things as glass half full. When I was 12, I got to meet and spend quality time with the Purple People Eaters through a friend of Gary Larson. Uh, that one moment in time set in place a passion for the Vikings. I, too, want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl. Before I die, as much as some of your episodes get me angry by what is said, I continue to watch every day. That's such a cool note. Yeah, because I like we. That's yes, awesome. we know that we're probably you know some of the. It, it can be a little bit of a shock if you go from listening to certain people talk about the Vikings to us. Yeah. It's like, well, the, these guys are being critical. Yeah, and sometimes that rubs people the wrong way. But I think what we love is we can disagree with people, we can fight with people, we can fight with you know, Kirk Cousins, Crusaders, or whatever the argument is. But ultimately, we all want the same thing here. We just want this team to be as good as possible and to win a Super Bowl at some point yep. and to and to cheers a beer over it. Well, so, and it, yeah. at one point in time, like, I love that, that note because, like, those guys that he's talking about, Eller, Marshall, Page, Larson, are from the time that I, I was a kid. And, for instance, I loved Tarkington. Now, I've heard, you know, he's a complete jerk, blah, blah, blah. But who cares? You're a kid, right? Yeah. But but here's where I've crossed the threshold. Now I'm 52. Each day I wake up, I'm like, I'm glad. I, you know what? Thank God I woke up again. But I don't know when it's going to come to an end. And that and now the difference is I want a Super Bowl championship and I want to see that, right? So, so, like, I'm totally with him as far as a kid. I Guys like Carew and Tarkington and Eller and Page, those guys can, like, as a kid, change your life. I'm totally with that. And if you're a kid now, same thing. That's awesome. But as an adult who's aging now, I've moved into a much more um, – I look at things with a jaundiced eye a little bit now because I want the ultimate goal. Yeah. You've seen a lot of fake Vikings 
teams, right? You've seen a lot yeah. of mirages. You know what a mirage looks like. You know, but like I, I, I would never put down the guys that you looked up to as a kid. Like that's awesome. The first Vikings player I ever met as a kid <laughs> was yep. Carl Eller. When I was in second grade, I was I was eight years old, and we had some sort of class project where we had to interview somebody. It was whatever. I don't even, it was second grade, but I just remember we had to interview somebody. And my dad said, you know, if you want to take this to the next level, I have, through a friend of mine, a connection to Carl Eller. And I didn't really know who, I mean, because I grew up watching like the Anthony Carter, Chris Carter. Yeah, you're an 80s kid. You know, John Randall, like early 90s Vikings. Yeah. And so he set, so my dad made this connection and ultimately it turned into like a 10 minute on camera, the old like video camcorder. I have this somewhere, but we agreed. This is 1992. Oh, God, we agreed with Carl at the time that this would never, this would never be like released to the public. It was, it's just a school project thing. But it's been 30 years. I have run statue into him a couple times. Yeah, I gotta find this. We should play this on the show sometime. Check this out. You see, see this one? Fran Tarkington, SI sign. See? That's awesome. See, like, like when we're kids. We it's love stuff bad. like that. You're you exactly know, right. So before this interview, my dad and I, we met Carl for lunch at the old Hubert's across the street from the old Metrodome. Oh, God, yeah. And it was, it was pretty empty. It was like a, I don't know, like a weekday lunchtime. And, and we sit down. And my dad says, Philip, this is Carl Eller. This man played in four Super Bowls for the Minnesota Vikings. And Carl, you know, with the big paw goes and shakes my hand. As he's shaking my hand, I said... Yeah, and he lost them all. Because I'm like I'm showing off my knowledge of like yeah, right. and, and they like I know that they lost those Super Bowls, and I said right. it to Carl Eller. My dad was horrified. Yeah, but you know what you did? Sorry. You you set the template that day for a great career in journalism. Yeah, that's right. Like you didn't sugarcoat it. No, you didn't sorry, Carl. It. You're you a came failure. Exactly right. Did you win any, Carl? And the answer was no. And you said, yeah. well, before I die, I want to win. And years, years down the road, Surly would brew that beer. You know, he'd probably think it's pretty cool. Like, the, the we've run into each other like three or four times. And one of those times, and this is like 12 years ago, I did say, hey, Carl, you might not remember this. but And he did remember. But he might think it's kind of cool that like, hey, this idiot kid who yeah. – Made that comment and interview like him like, oh, he's like jackass. made a living. He's made a living ripping the Vikings. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Carl's like, yeah, Carl. I remember it. You <laughs> pompous jerk. All right. Uh, trigger warning here for people. If you don't like to hear Kirk Cousins criticism, these next two commenters are not for you. So this is the time where, listen, if you get triggered by Kirk Cousins criticism, we just want to give you five seconds here to either mute or pause or fast forward or whatever you do. All right. Okay. Okay, Chris Noss from the Scorn Earth app says, I do not understand how there are Kirk stands out there. What the hell do they have to see? Dude has been in the league for a decade. It's always someone or something else that inhibits him. It's never his fault. If you're a fan of 7-10, and 8-9, or 9-8 and eight record, then yes, you should be quite happy about this deal. Even as a Viking fan... I hope the team in the front office is screwed for this stupid decision. (laughs) Vikings fans are so damn mediocre, man. He is a Vikings fan, by the way. It's always someone or someone else's fault. The defense wasn't good. He didn't get along with his coach. The wide receivers weren't playing their best ball. The O-line is terrible. Can't mentally focus when there's a viable backup quarterback in the mix. Now we have absolutely everything perfect 
we have to have everything perfect in order for him to be decently successful. Screw the fans who root for Kirk Cousins. Oh wow. God. Oh, Chris. Oof. Well, Coming you know what? Hot. We're about to find out now. He's got an offensive coach who he likes. Yeah. Um, offensive line is improved. Like, I'm going to trust on opening day of training camp that the offensive line is as good as it's going to get for Kirk. Like, I... I feel like the excuses for Kirk now have are gone. Well, they should. I mean, they're not. They're never going to be fully gone because the NFL is an imperfect league, and the imp- the imperfections right, are but, caused in part because of his cap hit. Right, but like, at, at some point in time, you can't just keep saying, "Well, he didn't have this or didn't have that." It's as good as it's going to get, make it work. Yeah. Win at a high level, right? Yeah, let's find out. And we have another Kirk one here too, but I want Declan to tell the audience where they should be golfing here. Yeah, greener days are ahead. Okay, greener days are ahead. I know it's cold right now in Minnesota, but we are getting itching and getting even that much closer to golf season. And nor you should go. Chop down 169 if you're from the Metro and go to the Meadows uh, at Mystic Lake. Uh, the Meadows Bar and Grill, too, is a great place to just sit there and watch a little game. Got the Twins on this weekend. Go check them out. Also, you can buy your frequent player card. So while we're waiting for the tee times to get open here, you buy this frequent player card. It gives you a three-week advance to get a tee time in. And you can go down to get 20% off a gripping. you got to get those clubs gri- get, uh, gripped right for this season. Go check them out, the Golf Meadows and the and their golf shop, which is not your typical just run-the-middle golf shop. It's got balls. It's got apparel. I like to look good when I golf. If I'm not going to shoot well, I will at least look really good. Just like, just like Ricky I have, Fowler, baby. Just like Fowler. I am, I am the... I am. I'm going to say the modern day Ricky Fowler. That means like I am still a PGA professional golfer. Uh, he's but ranked yeah. like 150th in the world now. It's been a bad couple of years, but he looks great. And so am I. My 150 friends that golf. So I am the Ricky Fowler. <laughs> but go check him out. The Meadows at Mystic Lake. Also, our friends at Federated Insurance are are preaching the gospel of safe driving month in April. Distracted driving is a huge problem, and that's one thing we can control in our lives on the roads. Put the phone down. Put Twitter down, put Purple Daily down, whatever. Just be hands-free when you're consuming us and get home safely. Find out more driving tips at federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours. All right. DL via the Score North app says, regarding the Kirk Cousins mantra, I was listening to you guys a few days ago, and Vince Vaughn's character in Dodgeball reminds me a lot of Kirk Cousins' mentality. I believe there is a by that character who says if you never have any expectations, then you're never disappointed. You went on about Kirk being a fourth round pick guy, maximizing his potential. He's already clearly set himself up as the never fall guy, which is why he cannot be the rah rah leader we want to get to a Super Bowl. Because if he fails or disappoints, then he is not Kirk. So he's basically saying like. If he puts himself out there and he's rah rah and he's like we're going to win a Super Bowl and comes up right. short, then it like goes against his underdog identity. A lot of deep psychological evaluation there, but I, there is a little, there is some sort of like almost like a fear of success with Kirk, which is yeah, a real too much. Thing, you know, yeah, he and overcomes. KOC needs to get him, get him past that barrier. Kirk one hundred percent overcomes the obstacles that made people think that. He couldn't play because he can play. He's good. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, I think that's a great point. I think that there is definitely a fear of that next step. Um, and, and he tries to minimize the risk of taking that next step by staying, by keeping things on a, on a lower trajectory, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's comfortable. It's a comfortable. And, and by the way, Peter Lafleur in Dodgeball, which is like literally one of my five favorite movies of all time, and and, and I love Vince Vaughn. Peter Lafleur bets on himself at the end of that movie and turns all those winnings into a new gym. I don't know if Kirk Cousins has the ability to put uh, the bets all on himself. So, well, a little interesting comparison. Build a new gym. Boys, before we bolt here on this Purple Daily Reads the Comments episode, let's get our mock a day. I want a mock! Mock! All right, this mock a day, we're doing a mock a day, and we're keeping track of all of the different players that are mocked to the Vikings in these drafts that we bring to the show. So to this point, Derek Stingley Jr. leads the pack five times mocked to the Vikings. Trent McDuffie, four. Jermaine Johnson, two. Jordan Davis, one. And then there's a couple of trades in the mix as well. This one's from EstablishTheRun.com. Football. Evan Silva via EstablishTheRun.com. He has Georgia defensive end Trayvon Walker going number one overall to the Jaguars. He says this is the most wide open first round that people in the league can ever remember. And so he is attempting to predict a wild card with the number one pick there. He's got Aiden Hutchinson, number two, the Lions, and then Kayvon Thibodeau, the Texans at three. So three edge rushers in the first three picks. Then he's got wide receiver Garrett Wilson to the Jets at four. Evan Neal to the Giants at five. Iki Aquano to the Panthers at six. Sauce Gardner to the Giants at seven. Jermaine Johnson to the Falcons at 8. Utah linebacker Devin Lloyd to the Seahawks at 9. Kyle Hamilton, the Notre Dame safety to the Jets at 10. Uh, Alabama receiver Jamison Williams to the Commanders at 11. And then he has to the Vikings with the number 12 overall pick. LSU cornerback Derek Stingley. I want a mock! Mock! Arguably the best cover corner in the country as a 2019 freshman, Stingley appeared in only 10 games over the past two years due to illness and various injuries. The Vikings should feel more confident than most teams in adding Stingley because they can pair him with LSU ambassador Patrick Peterson. Um, Yeah, Uh, let me see here. Where do I want to collect my thoughts? Recency bias in the National Football League is a real thing. Derek Stingley Jr. at his pro day ran a 40 that shows that his foot is okay. Okay? That's a big deal. It's a huge deal. I think the people that have him going before the Vikings have it right. I don't think he's going to get to 12. He's a corner who ran a really good 40 and had a great freshman year, followed by a couple of down years. But we're almost dismissing. We're we're almost making it logical how teams approach pro days, which I don't agree with. I think pro days... Uh, and 40 times, right or wrong, and I often think it's wrong, way in huge. Um, I like where he was going. Like, I like doing sort of an off-the-wall because the draft is weird, and it definitely doesn't have a lot of sexy players. But that being said, I feel like he got around 12 and just started to mail in the picks. I'm very disappointed. Yeah, maybe he didn't. Well, but there it is. There's your there's your. Dex agrees. Look, he's not his head. Dex agrees. Don't take the lazy way out. Quit doing that. Of Judd calling Evan Silva. Let's from... get Evan. Let's get inside the head of NFL executives. <laughs> let's understand they're going to look at the forty in the pro day. They're going to weigh that. Yeah. All right, boys. Purple Daily reads the comments. There you have it. Thanks everyone for hanging out with us, sending in your comments, questions, critiques, concerns, and we'll see you on. Well, we'll see you tomorrow and on Thursday, April twenty eighth at Surly for the Purple Daily Surly Draft Party.